tea. <laughs> um, my name is Katie. This is usually an interview show. This week it's not. Once a year, I usually do this. I air a couple clips of my other show, my second show, a podcast called Spiraling that I co-host with Serena Wolf, my friend and collaborator. She's the best. She's been a guest on this show ages ago. It's our fifth season of Spiraling. And this season, as they say, when you go to a restaurant sometimes, we do things a little differently here. We're doing things a little bit differently this season. And I explain that in this first clip you're about to hear, which is from episode two of season five of Spiraling. I'll check in with you before the next clip and and set that one up. But this is a clip from episode two, which we called The Messy Middle. And we get into how stress and being in process with something and wrestling with something creatively can affect anxiety somewhat positively. We talk about being stagnant. We talk about worrying about being behind and how perspective can be an excellent reframe. It's really, you know, a toast to your next existential crisis. (laughs) We're experts in those here at Spiraling. I'm dropping you in fittingly to the middle of this episode. Basically, it's a little bit looser. So I've realized listening back to find the clips I wanted to put here for you that it turns out these conversations with Serena have been a place that I've been workshopping a lot of the material that ends up in my newsletter in the Substack. If you are subscribed to that, you might recognize it. And in these clips, you'll hear me working it out in real time in a much more undone, unpolished way. So if you're not on the Substack newsletter and want to be or want to read those, feel free. (laughs) The link will be in the show notes. And if you already have read them, this might be a little bit more context or you can hear me working it out. Thank you so much for being here. And again, if this is not for you and you want me interviewing someone else, all good. Just jump into the archive. There's plenty of that there if you can't wait or hang tight because there's an interview coming next week that I'm really excited about. It's a fresh one. It's a light one. And I just hope that these conversations can offer you a little bit of comfort and keep you company because the news is so bleak and these aren't recorded in real time. These were recorded months ago, these conversations with Serena over the summer and same with some of the interviews coming up. So some of the references aren't current with the news. That's obviously not what what this show is, but it can hopefully keep you company. So thanks again for tuning in. We're going to kick off with a spiral and then see where it goes from there and let the topics choose themselves instead of, you know, forcing ourselves into an anxiety box. Yeah. And I mean, you know, if, if people have been listening for a long time, we've been doing this for a long time now, which is really cool. Yeah. They'll have gone on this wild ride with us, which, you know, we used to kind of break this up in segments of we'd each share a spiral and then we'd be like, oh, that one's fitting before what we're talking about today. And sometimes it just wouldn't be at all. And then we'd go into the topic (laughs) and then we would. Yeah. Or just like wouldn't work and we would still go into the topic or whatever it was. And then, 
you know, and then we would do our high, higher highs, which we're still going to do. We're still obviously going to do that. And we also were trying to think of topics and what would be most useful for you and what would be most interesting for us. And I honestly came to that meeting with Serena and I was like, we could definitely find some more topics, but I think we could also just reuse a lot of the topics we've done over the last five seasons because we've covered a lot and they're all still relevant, relevant. (laughs) you know? Um, so anyway, that's what, that's what we're going to do. And we're just going to let the creative process happen live on air. So anyway, live on air. over well, to you. Speak- <laughs> I'm like, this is not a forced segue. Speaking of creative processes, I'm just having one big life spiral right now. It feels not great. Um, and oddly though, my actual anxiety levels are not necessarily super high. I just have that sort of baseline icky underlying anxiety. You know, like it's not really affecting my day-to-day, but it does not feel great. Uh, I noticed this just in being in my thoughts and feelings this these past couple weeks. I think I have a mild existential crisis every like the end of every July. And I'm only just noticing this pattern because I was thinking back to the last time I felt this way and it was last summer. And then when I was looking back, the cool thing about count like Google calendars and Instagram is you can like truly track what you were doing in a, a very easy way. You know, like I can go back to my Google Calendar. I don't delete things. I'm not one of the people that deletes things from their calendars. I actually know what I was doing on this day, you know, several years ago. And I feel like every summer around this time, maybe because it's halfway through the year, maybe because things get a little bit slower during July and August, just in the sense that I feel like a lot of emails I send get returned with out of office messages. Like I go on vacation usually the last week of August as well. That life just feels a little bit slower. And I feel like I have a tiny bit more time to be introspective, which is typically a good thing. (laughs) But I am just in an overly analytical state and being very hard on myself, which I recognize. And I think that's progress, but I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, I feel so, I feel, I recognize that this is signs of burnout. And also I am in therapy. And so I have someone telling me (laughs) that it is also a manifestation of burnout, but I am just like, oh, I'm teaching these classes and making these shirts and posting things on Instagram. And I still haven't finished my book proposal, which I am definitely going to finish in the next couple of weeks. And I think about all the things that didn't pan out this year, which I typically don't like to focus on. But when I'm already in a spiral, those things become more glaringly clear. And I feel like like, cryptically, we were like talking about this big opportunity on... I don't know, at the end of last season of Spiraling, maybe? Is that, Katie, time flies. I I think that that's when, and there was, there were a lot of big opportunities this year and not a single one of them came to fruition. And that's just life. It's highs and lows. And like, I'm so grateful for the things that are continuing to 
go well. And like, I obviously love teaching my classes and I have so much fun doing the quote unquote influencer side of things. And I feel so lucky to be able to do this CCH collaboration. And like, there are like other fun collaborations in the works, but I haven't been able to fully motivate to write this next book. I feel like my TV opportunities are like fewer and fewer and further between. And it's one of those, again, I'm being overly analytical and self-critical, but I'm like, are you really in a different place this summer than you were last year? And I think if I'm being super honest, the answer is not really. And so it is this feeling of being stagnant. And I think that I was talking to somebody today who is a creative and we're trying to figure out if there's a way we can work together, et cetera. And he was like, I think you're having growing pains and trying to figure out what you want to leave behind professionally and assessing what's actually working. And like, maybe it's time to shed certain parts of your brand that aren't working anymore, et cetera. And these are all really helpful things, but I think when you're in sort of a very self-critical headspace, you're like, wow, you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, I suck. Like, you're right. I should be leaving behind. And, so, and I know I, I am able to sit outside myself right now and be like, oh my God, calm down. Everything's fine. But I also feel like I'm pretty self-aware. And so it's not necessarily being, you know how people are like, oh, don't beat yourself up. You're doing fine. And and that I very much appreciate, but I also, because I am self-aware, I'm like, okay, like you don't have to, like I'm, I am doing fine, but it's not a lie when I say that I haven't made a lot of progress this year. And, and the weird thing about that too, is that I'm digging in and being like, does there always have to be progress? And if you feel that way, when things are just cruise, like it's in like cruise control, you know, like the classes are going, the shirts are going, you're making things on social media. Like, why does it always have to be moving forward? And if I'm not moving forward, then can I feel satisfied with what I'm currently doing? And, and the frank answer is no. And then that means I need to be examining why I feel that way. And I think the paralysis is, I don't know what to do next. And I think that's something that's probably pretty common. I don't know, but yeah. I feel like I'm usually thinking 10 steps ahead. And right now I can't even think one step ahead. I'm like, I don't know what to do right now. I'm like, but all, all I know I have to do is finish my book proposal but aside from that i don't really know what the next step is it's like do i need to start a podcast do i need to start an independent fashion line should i be transitioning away from being an influencer or should i be going all in on that right now because that will lead to other opportunities it'll get me a better book deal maybe i'll be able to do more on camera stuff which i've always had so much fun doing i don't know i'm just to have it like i wake up and 
I have my to-do list of things that have to get done. And then the day is gone and I have not worked harder on my book proposal. I have not made the time to... Logan brought this up once. He was like, you know, you for back in the day when I was really trying to do TV, he was like, you really want to do TV, but you've never set aside a large chunk of time to create pitches and come up with show ideas. I was like, well, of course not. That would take me weeks and weeks. And he was like, yeah, exactly. But how on earth will you ever be able to do it if you don't set aside the time to actually create the ideas? And that really hit me hard. And I think about that a lot because I'm like, you need to make space to come up with new ideas because you're stagnating. And I just feel paralyzed and then I get super anxious and that takes up a lot of brain space and then I'm less creative and I have the same just doom and gloom that's like will you ever come up with a good idea again (laughs) that's I it it, it sounds comical and I can laugh at myself and I realize uh, when I when I say all of these things I'm like wow you are overthinking this just keep on keeping on rest a bit obviously you will have some more good ideas because everything is cyclical but right now it's hard to see the forest through the trees (laughs) yeah yeah well I think sharing about this is really important and you know I gotta be honest with you and I, this is fresh. This is going to hit you fresh, but you talk to this, <laughs> <laughs> you talk, I haven't told you this in the pre-show. You talk to this person, um, about, you know, potentially doing a, a, a podcast, um, independently from this one with him or c- collaborating with him. And he, you know, kind of told you like, yeah, I think, you know, and, and it kind of got you down. I think feedback and criticism and, constructive and just not not that he was criticizing you at all he was actually trying to comfort you but it twisted a little bit in your brain to yeah make you yeah. feel kind of worse i think i'm very glad that i was talking to you right after because when someone sometimes a fresh perspective and some distance is exactly what you need and other times i think someone not knowing you isn't isn't exactly what you need and maybe in this case today it was a nice juxtaposition that you got both. You got someone who knows you pretty well and was able to hear about that call you just had and be like, yes, but also you did this and you did this and you did this. And um, and I think it's really good to have both of those. Like you don't just want to have yes people around you, of course, but you also don't want just critical people or people that are like, no, keep going, go in this way. Like you need a mix of, of voices and people around you. And I think... But then this is the part that I didn't tell you. But then, you know, I when we got on the phone, and part of it was because Taco was sleeping in your lap. But I was like, <laughs> hi. And your voice just you sounded so deflated and you sound better now. And I think, you know, but I was like, oh, my God, I, I hope you're OK. Like, you know, and I think that the call maybe like through or like it just made me feel like you were down a little bit. It just I think. Well, I think when you're in a larger spiral and it's so weird how you can feel so many different things at once. Like I am in Maine. I'm so happy to be here. I'm in my happiest place. I am with my family. I get to see all my friends this week. And I'm so excited about that. 
Taco is being an absolute nugget. He's so happy. And, you know, it's almost five o'clock in like an hour. I'm going to go on a hike with Logan, which is amazing. I'm going to dinner with my dad and my siblings. And I feel this immense amount of happiness. And then also this just panic not literal panic attack like this like anxiety and then just like future well that's what anxiety is and we all know that you know it's just like being stuck in the future so i'm trying to be more present because i also know that when i am present and happy that is when i have when i'm my best self it's when i have my best ideas it's when i show up for people the best etc it's just so interesting that juxtaposition of feeling simultaneously very happy and grounded in my surroundings here. And then just feeling very untethered mentally when I'm like, Oh, and, and I also have that pull of being like, don't we've talked about this in the past. And I, I feel like I'm much better about managing it when I'm on a vacation. You know, have you ever had that where you get, you're on you we talked about this so much in the context too of long distance relationships it's like if you're feeling anxious when somebody comes to visit whether it's a partner or a friend or you're on vacation and you're feeling anxious and you're like oh my god fuck 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 i have to stop feeling this way because i have a limited time and i can't ruin this and whatever i am having a bit of that right now and i haven't had that in a while so i am just i I mean it's one of those things where I have to remind myself that these are all things that I felt before. And like, I just need to be a little bit more mindful of the fact that I know how to handle these phases. And you, I, I feel proud of myself for that. And I just need to, when I'm thrown by something like a call or an email or something like that, which happens to all of us, it's okay to have that moment of like, God, what? (laughs) That's truly, you know, like we've all, we've all been there in some capacity. And I hate, I hate the thought that this sounds like complaining because that's not my intention at all. It's more, just sharing that I do now recognize I have this sort of annual existential spiral and usually good things come from it. So it is interesting. Like this guy today was like, Oh, it's growing pains because what I was Katie and I were joking about before the show is I will now finish my book proposal because of this. (laughs) Because I feel like I am in this place for the next few weeks. I purposely worked really far ahead before I got up here so that I could finish my book proposal. And I'm going on vacation at the end of August. And I know that if I don't finish it, it is going to ruin my vacation. And I feel like even having this call of being like, what parts of your brand do you want to shed? And like, who are you now? And all of these, it's too much. It's too much to, to 
be asked those questions yeah before, before noon on a tuesday um but it does i'm grateful for it because again i don't think it was remotely meant as criticism and he does not no that's that not well. what i, was I think he was yeah, yeah. no I, not at all not at all but i think he he was obviously trying to be helpful it's just also those types of huge questions are by nature anxiety inducing yeah like what is your purpose i remember listening to a podcast on anxiety and it was a monk and he basically was like you have to identify your purpose and i was like wow this podcast is making me (laughs) yeah um but yeah that's that's where i'm at with my anxiety yes yeah I'm sorry that you're going through that. Like it's, it's, I think it's just part of the human condition, you know? And I think the older we get, the more self-aware we get and the more we see our patterning, which makes it, you know, the spiral I was going to, going to share was a part of it was that like, when it came up, I was like, oh, you've been here before, you know, it's not, don't make it about you. Don't, you know, (laughs) that they're going to text you back. You've done this before. And I was able to talk myself off the ledge, which like, I'll say it growth, you know, and, and I think yeah. that that is, that is good because, and the only reason I, the only reason I have that ability is practice, you know, it's just like perspective, which comes with time. But I want to share something with you that I feel like is super relevant and funnily enough. So, so I write this newsletter, as you know, and this is so funny that you brought that you said all this because it's as if you had read this newsletter and I don't think that you have. So it's like, I mean, I, I do subscribe to your newsletter, but I have not read the most. Recent this one. is, so, this is a cup. Well, there's two <laughs> that I'm going to oddly reference because it's like uncanny how similar. And we always like, what's so cool. I think about one of my favorite things about this show is that we get along so well we have so much similarities and also so many differences um little goofy things such as how i sleep in socks and serena sleeps in um no socks (laughs) as well as no pajamas (laughs) and um our perspective on like um drink well no there's a lot of overlap in drinks but anyway that's a that's a fun conversation for another episode yes however I just feel like sometimes there's like, there's an uncanny overlap. So what you were saying about like the stagnant thing. So last year uh, at the beginning of, or gosh, this year at the beginning of 2023, the year we're recording this, I wrote this <laughs> newsletter to, there There was something I really wanted to do. It's it's not even like that um, big of a deal, but it was for me. I, I wanted to move my newsletter over to Substack from flow desk what i was using before and i'd been wanting to do that for mo since the end of 2021 like it just took me so long and then i had to like you know whatever kind of like you with the book proposal and i finally did it a couple months ago but that was just one of many many things like that many half creative projects many like oh but if i do that you know it's just and then when you're in that like buffering 
You know, it's so uncomfortable mm-hmm. because you're yeah. not getting a dopamine hit of completion. So you're just constantly buffering and it's really hard to find momentum and dive back into anything. But it feels so good to be in the midst of something, to be wrestling with something, whether it's, okay, I am in the midst of teaching these classes and I just do it and I just keep going. Or I, you know, and, and, a, and a therapist told me this recently where I was like, I'm making so many to-do lists and I'm ev- at the end of every day, I'm just feeling like I'm disappointing myself. And I tried this sprint planning things and thing. And I, and I had a, my friends like had two of my um, best friends here, like had an intervention for me earlier this year. Cause the, I was like really depressed and things were really, really bad. And they tried to help me with something. And every morning I would call one of my friends and like, tell her like what they call them, like tech. And if you work in it, people will probably know this. It's called a standup where you tell your boss, like everyone goes around and is like, okay, I'm doing this, this, and this. And then they go and do it. And I tried doing that. And that super didn't work. And so we just had to like troubleshoot. And what was really helpful was just for me to say, okay, what now? What now? What now? What's next? And just mm-hmm. like do as much as I can. And my like crazy all over, um, bananas replace crazy with bananas, <laughs> but it, it feels <laughs> yes. so wild. My, um, the way that I just try to like get in as much as I can, but you know what, that tornado type of thing has gotten me this far, you know? So, so anyway, but, but I was thinking about how stagnant I have been because I've just lived in that buffering and it feels so uncomfortable. So this newsletter that I wrote was really comparing where I was at the beginning of 2022 to the end of, of 2022, the start of 2023. And how really not much changed and how I was feeling about that. Right. So that was the first mm. one. And then I finally at about the six month mark made this change to Substack, and it coincided with having done my podcast that I do um, my other podcast, let it out for 10 years. Right. And, and, and really not being able to f- know if I'm going to do it anymore because I just can't fund it and trying to figure out like, trying to figure that out. And, and that was, um, pretty emotional, you know, in some ways. And, and, but I make the move to some stack. And so I'm writing about like, and then also I was like, wow, I'm starting fresh in this new platform where everyone seems to be right now for better or worse. Yep. And it's like, wow, I used to be an early adopter. I was an early adopter to podcasting, which is why I had some early success. And I'm not anymore. And now, you know, so many more celebrity shows and influencer shows, like there's, I can tell you 10 million podcasts that go into this in more detail than I'm going to right now because it's it's boring and not really relevant to this conversation. But the only thing that is relevant is like middle podcasts, what I was, were able to have advertisers and survive. And now they're kind of pushed out, which is cool and great for the industry. Like one pro of that is when I say of a podcast, people aren't like, oh, where is that? Where do I, do I get that on my phone? Oh, is that what cereal was? Like, you know what I mean? Like when I started, yeah. no one even knew what it was, but like now yes. I, it's not sustainable as, you know, something to, to make money from it. And a, a lot of those shows that started around the time I did are no longer. Right. So I'm writing yeah. this, this email and I'm kind of trying to go through it. And this seems like such a silly thing to do, but I'm going to read a little part of it. Cause it's a quote from, someone else who went on my podcast and I, I was thinking about like, okay, how do I make this transition to Substack? And I wanted to say like, Hey, I've been sending a newsletter just on a different platform for 10 years. Now I have to start fresh here. Like, Oh, that's kind of what I was feeling. And of course I wasn't going to say that, but I'm just like, okay, how do I like write about 
what this is and start fresh on this new platform because this is what I'm doing with saying it in a way that felt correct to me. And it took me forever to write, but this is kind of what I came up with. And so I'm going to just like read a little bit about it because what it's about is middles and being in a middle. And I think that's what you're in. Like it's call it growing pains, call it um, redefining what you're doing, call it burnout, or perhaps call it a middle. Okay. So I was like thinking about what happened in the last 10 years. And so this is what I wrote. In the last 10 years, you have earned degrees and promotions, gotten sober, bought homes, exhibited art, opened businesses, paid debt, made movies, toured albums, learned hobbies. You've survived illnesses and healed. You've gotten married. You've gotten divorces, maybe both. You've lost people, birthed people, and helped people you raised go out on their own. You're my friends, guests, and listeners of this podcast. Listing a fraction of what you've collectively done made me contemplate how I've spent the last decade. I dwelled on all the things I didn't do, and then I made this granular list of what I did. Moved to three cities and seven apartments, met new friends, lost touch with others, had countless crushes, a handful of heartbreaks, fell in love 3.5 times, started a full-time job, left it to cobble together countless freelance jobs, published a book, sold a car, bought a Metro card, bought a car again, lost four grandparents, met gobs of babies, traveled to Europe, Australia, and Asia using my credit card points by myself. And I recorded conversations with 427 people. So in the background of these two lists, Let It Out has always been a place where I came to talk about all of it, right? And so I love a good celebration. And so, you know, I kind of wanted to celebrate that and then contemplate these three questions. What was Let It Out? What is Let It Out? Becoming and yeah, what it was, what it is and what it is becoming. And so... Anyway, all of that, what it what it is, is a middle. And so this is the part that I really wanted to read, but that was a little bit of backstory. So a middle as a culture, we don't like, right? Like we are fascinated by beginnings and endings. And nobody wants to talk about the middle because they're boring. They're often long. And they're challenging usually, right? Which is like, I think what you're calling growing pains because, and and there's a, there's a book about this. I think it's called The Messy Middle and it outlines this theory of how we love a launch story. How did they start? What kind of funding did they get? Who are they? And we love an exit of like where it's success or it's a massive failure. Like that's interesting, right? And so anyway, all of that to say, this is the part I really want to read which is from Carolyn Pammer and she owns Cat Beauty and she did the podcast in 2021. And I was having her on again and re-listened to that episode to prepare. And there was this quote that I was like, oh shit, that's really good. <laughs> and so this is this is what she said. We're so conditioned to love the beginning of something and we're so conditioned to love the exit. The middle is not sexy. People don't want to talk about that part in general. And I really, really liked that because, you know, I think that I'm in a middle and I think, you know, Serena, I think you are too. You've been doing your work in different ways, but for a long time, you've been writing books and 
being on Instagram and being an influencer and teaching classes even for a long time. We've been doing this. I would say spiralings in the middle. You know what I mean? Like we've been (laughs) doing this for a long time, but optimistically, this is the part of the quote that really comes alive. (laughs) So Carrie Lynn goes on to say, the middle is where you discover who you are. And so I think that's what you were referring to when you were like, you know what? This is going to push me to actually finish my book proposal. And, you know, and and I I hope that it pushes me too, but it, it at least, you know, it, it's a it's a reframe. And we love those here at this podcast. We do. That I believe is optimistic. It is. It honestly, I think we all need to take a moment because I think that was maybe Katie's best five minutes on the podcast of all time. <laughs> I I truly I have been I mean <laughs> that just made me cry. I think it's so beautifully articulated. It is incredibly profound. I think that we completely overlook middles. And I think we do so often talk about in the context of I I always hear this in reference to kids, but I think it applies to other, you know, everyone as well. You know, the days are short. The the wait the days are long but the years are short. And have you heard that before? Uh, no. I the, really the like days it, are the days are long but the years are short. I think about that often. And when you were just listing off all of the things that you personally have done in the past ten years, but all of the things that people in your community have done, when you really zoom out. I feel very emotional. Like it is very profound to actually take in all of the things that happen over time. And when you are feeling really stagnant and stuck, it is really easy to be, I don't know, for lack of a better term, (laughs) self-absorbed, but also just really myopic, right? About what it nothing's happening this is i'm failing in x y and z ways versus maybe this is as you just said the middle and it's okay to be here i think for me sometimes i feel very clear about when i am in a building stage so for example the years that i was writing books or during peak pandemic times when I was teaching all the time, I was very aware that I was building something and that felt really calming to me and great for my anxiety. We've discussed this in the past, but I think it's a really common thing for a lot of people with anxiety to feel less anxiety when they are very stressed. And typically I feel very stressed when I'm making or building something. And I know that there's going to be an end to that. And I will have completed whatever it was that I'm building, you know, and using the term building is a weird one. I'm truly not sure why I keep saying building. (laughs) (laughs) Writing a book, you turn, when I turn him, I it was flooded with anxiety. Once I started teaching corporate classes, started the public subscription model and settled into it, 
and felt comfortable and confident teaching, I actually started feeling a lot more anxiety because I don't like it. And I have been working on this and it, it has definitely, definitely improved over the years, but my brain doesn't like it when I'm not stressed because there's too much open brain space to let the anxiety frolic about. <laughs> and I think right now I, I hate the term busy, but like, I feel busy, but I don't feel like I'm building anything meaningful, which is probably why it's time to do another book. Uh, and, or create something completely new, although I don't know what that thing is. And I feel scared that I will not feel creative again. But having this discussion actually is giving me a flashback to a recording session. I have a lot of deja vu when I'm up here just because I'm staring at the same backdrop. But we had a conversation three years ago where I, tr and I think a lot of people felt like this peak pandemic just completely sapped of all creativity, but I was scared that I would never be able to develop a new recipe. Like I just didn't have any ideas. And then the few times I tried, they were not good. And I felt like I had lost my mojo in the kitchen and it was gone for months. Truly. Like I, I could not come up with anything. And I think this day and age, because of social media and how connected we all are to one another and the 24 hour news cycle, et cetera, it's really easy to fall into that comparison trap too and look around and see other people churning out, in my case, new recipes or videos or writing a book every other year, whatever it may be, and being like, oh, what is wrong with me? And <laughs> is this going to pass? And it did in that moment, and it will pass again. And I think that's the joy of having muscle, you know, the anxiety muscle memory of having felt this way before and knowing that I do come out the other side. Um, and I definitely do not like or ever want to wallow in this space for too long. But I do think that there is a helpful element to feeling really introspective, even when that is really uncomfortable and my anxiety might be higher because it could potentially lead to growth. It might not, but that, that, naming of this being a middle is actually wildly comfortable comfortable comforting so thank you for that because i imagine there's a lot of people who just needed to name it just like it's so helpful to be able to name your anxiety sometimes being able to name a phase or a feeling is just a relief and i that is what you just did for me so thank you for that Good. Yeah. I'm glad it was helpful. And, you know, I think everybody has this to some extent in some way. I mean, the, the, I named this newsletter, which I, I can link to if people want to read it. Cause it's, that was just a little bit of it, but it, I, I, the subject was, sorry, I'm running so late. And I, I constantly, <laughs> I <read> that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I'm behind often. And, and the one I just sent out, Yesterday, the first line was, I 
feel like time is moving so fast. I can't breathe. I, but I'm good. How are you? <laughs> you know, like, I, I think that what you said about time, like, you know, that it's the, the older I get, you know, in my twenties, I was kind of like, oh, but I'm young. Like it, it'll be okay. Cause I like, that was something that you, you know, we live in the ageist culture. Like I, that was something I had going for me, like just youth being an early adopter. Like I, was not, there was no TikTok. Instagram was kind of, you know, I was really good on Snapchat. You know, I like we had a big following on Snapchat. I really loved Snapchat at the beginning. I was there. Now, like, I don't have TikTok downloaded onto my phone. And I, you know, Taylor Swift said this at one of her concerts, like, I'm 33 years old, which is 174 in pop star years. And I always, she's kind of my celebrity that I like, I, we were born the same time. And well, she was eight, 1989, obviously, and I was 90, but we're the same age. And I just, you know, I was like, oh, fuck, she's old. And that means I'm old, you know, <laughs> the, of course, there's like this, the, yes. which is a whole other episode. But like, there's this time passing thing that is like, okay, there's also trends. There's also, you know, and I think with what we do as like being people who are on the internet for our work. Like I either have to stop doing what I'm doing or I have to evolve. Like there are two options. And Mm -hmm. I, and every, we talk about this, you know, we've had this conversation too, of like, and regardless of the field, but you constantly have to evolve and go to trends in a way where like, you know, Bukowski says like, wherever the crowd goes, run the other direction. They're always wrong. And like, that's true. But I also think that, sometimes avoiding trends can be can hold me back you know like yeah i was kind of, i kind of put my foot down I was like i don't want to do a substack because that's where everyone is and i don't like ah and and then there's also and there's truth to that like this person sam who's a musician he said on my podcast he said something like you know if you're making, and he was talking about songwriting, but I think it applies anywhere. If you're like, oh, this thing is hip, I should do that. That means you're already behind and it's coming out of insecurity and it's not authentic. And that's not why you should do it. And, and I think that that's true, but I also think there's some nuance there where sometimes it's just, you're, you're scared and you're starting from zero and that's, a lot of work and you know so you have to discern what it is and being in the middle is a lot of learning and a lot of growing pains but if carrie lynn is correct and let's hope she is like that means it's progress and growth and 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 god i hope it's true and i'm very excited to see all that you do and to read your next book and to listen to whatever podcast you make next and to you know, whatever you do creatively is going to be great to wear your new shirts or pants or, <laughs> or I don't know, hat, like whatever. It's going to be great. And I, I know that I can see that from where I'm sitting probably easier than you can because you're, you know, in the thick of it. Thank you. I love you. And that means a lot. And I, I feel like <laughs> I'm going to have anxiety about being a downer. No, um, I don't think you were at all. I think it's a, yeah, it's a, well, now, now we also know to anticipate this. It will be like our periods next summer. Yeah, like, totally. oh, it's almost time. It's almost time for my existential crisis. Yeah. It's that time of year. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have a little PMS for it. Yeah. 
I mean, I just kind of live in one, so I'm not sure if that's better, but it's like a permanent period. But, you know, we'll see. Maybe that will go away. Oh my god! Also, my pe- like my stress levels recently. I think like threw off my period, and and then I got it. Like I've been getting it at semi weird times, and so now I truly can't track the PMS oh, at the moment. Gosh, <laughs> very alarming. Well, it's disclaim time, but do we should we try to do like no very quick quick highs very quickly? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, we're good. Okay, you um go for it. Okay, let's see. Well, my high is that I we so we drove up to Maine and we stopped in Portland and we were there just for I don't know, we got up in the mid afternoon and then we left the following morning. But we had this like wonderful half day in Portland and ate a bunch of amazing food and went to different breweries. And then we went to a concert in the rain, which I feel like you would find very romantic. Uh, and it was very romantic until it got very cold. And that was my high. It was the best. Um, we went to this place called Eventide and they have the best lobster roll because I hate mayo and it's brown butter and it's truly life-changing. Um, my higher would probably be seeing grown-up taco in Maine with the other dogs because last summer he was a puppy and he just like couldn't handle himself and none of the other dogs really wanted anything to do with him and he was also too young to go on long walks or hikes or anything and now that he's a real dog he can go on hikes and be off the leash and the other dogs sort of have accepted him into their pack and it's truly the cutest thing I've ever seen. Mm, uh, one of them is your dad's dogs named Blue, right? Yes. And he love. has four dogs, but Blue is his best friend and they just, it's so, I, I'll send you this video that I took this morning, but they're like, I came down and they were drinking out of the same water bowl at the same time and it was so cute. I wanted to die. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the best. And then my highest is just that I am in Maine and I there's nothing better than the start of a longer stint up here for me like knowing that I have a few weeks ahead of me and even with the dread of my <laughs> book proposal I'm gonna see all of my people and it's beautiful out and I'm just the happiest to be here so that that is my highest I did them in order Oh, that's great. Yeah, that that's a nice place to be for your book proposal. When I when I was in Bali, I was working a ton, but I was in Bali. And so I was kind of like, you know, yeah. it was the closest thing I'd had to a vacation. <laughs> and I was like, well, if I'm going to be years. working. Yeah, it was like, a, it's kind of better to be at least, you know, it could be worse trying to pump through a project. So I'm I like that. That's one of my yes. Okay, I will. Oh, what have I got? That was good. I've been. I had a a friend I did PR for. She came to town for her book tour, and she. It was. I was. Uh, it was a lot, <laughs> and she stayed in a hotel. But the last night she stayed with me, and we did it. And I, you know, I 
I did it and we got through all the events and we were both very tired and she had to leave my apartment at 4.40 in the morning and she took a car instead of um, having me drive her to the airport, which was so nice. And I, but I had to like walk her out and I couldn't go back to sleep. So I was just up that day and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I did a hike really early and I saw the sunrise come up and I, I, the whole day I got so much done. I was like, Oh, that's my problem. I just need to wake up earlier. Like that's it. And, um, <laughs> you know, of course I, my body like physically like didn't get up at that time, unfortunately, but I, I did get up earlier and it gets so hot here that I, you know, if, you, if you're going to hike and, and do a long walk, which I like really kind of need to do, you mm-hmm. have to either do it early or late. And I've been going up there. I, I call it two a days, but I've been going up to this hike that I, (laughs) that I used to do when I'm the first summer I was here and I I would do it with somebody else. And I hadn't done it, you know, on my own and at all until this year. And now I do it every day. And like, that has just been like such a, a bright spot for me. So that's the high, that's one high. And then I'm starting this new job where I'm going to be producing podcasts and it, and I'm going to be working for my friend. And I am like, my stomach is churning in a million directions just right now because I I know I'm like missing Slack messages <laughs> these last couple hours. And I have so much to do, but I'm and I'm like terrified I'm going to fail, which sounds like this is a spiral, not a high. But I if I don't <laughs> fail and it works out, it's going to be great. And I'm so grateful and excited, and um, it feels really correct. And like I think if I work really hard, I can do it. And I'm like just grateful that it worked out. And and that's another one. And then my my best friend here who's like my she is my only reliable person you know that i can just depend on and 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 like when i had cactus hands of you around for that like (laughs) i got dropped off at at her house you know and like when i have if she's my emergency contact you know and like i um, this sounds like a spiral too. God damn. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like crying now, but she's moving to London <laughs> and um, she got into grad school and she she's just the best person ever. And yeah, it was her birthday and she gave me her old computer and I really needed a computer. And anyway, I'm just so grateful for my friend. And I've been like just thinking like emotionally about her leaving, which is like selfish because it's a good thing for her. But I'm also like, how? what if I like didn't meet her? And what if I didn't become her friend? And like, what if... You know, it just is really I'm, I know people talk about that with romantic relationships, but I'm just like really grateful. This friendship is it's not ending, but it's going to be super different. And she's never going to live in the United States again. She's never going to live in L.A. We're going to be really far apart. I'm, we're not going to see each other very often at all. Um, so it is sort of ending in a way, this iteration of it. And but I am so grateful that it happened. Um, and now I'm like tearing. So I. Oh, and I saw Barbie and it was really good. That's all. Oh, I haven't seen it. You gotta see it. You'll love it. So many highs. But I also want to say I'm so excited for you. I'm proud of you that you have this new job in addition to your many other jobs because I think you're perfectly suited for it. And Katie will, I'm sure, talk much more about it in future episodes, whether it be highs or... Oh, God. Let's hope it's high. I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) But I just think it's so funny because when I was in LA a couple months ago, Katie came over to my brothers and we were talking about this and it was like in the very early stages of possibility. And I'm just so glad that it worked out because I think you're going to 
absolutely crush it. And I know it's a lot of work and you already have a lot of things on your plate, but you're going to be amazing. And I'm so, I have, I'm scared. I'm not going to see Barbie in the theaters because I'm up here for the next few weeks, but I think it's streaming soon. And I know it's probably something that's better seen in the theater, in the theaters, but I think it starts streaming this week. And is there a theater up there though? Not really. There's like this like weird little theater, but it's Barbie is already sold out for like the next week or something. But I really am excited. I also love Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. So I am thrilled. Oh, you're going to love it. I, this will feel so dated by the time this comes out because this will really show when we're recording it. But there's a, in my little neighborhood, as you know, um, right by Good House, across the street from Good Housekeeping, where you, where you were, yes. there's a movie theater. I don't know if you clocked it, but I'd never been. And my friends are always like, oh, don't go there. Like you can, you know, so tiny. You can hear the, if it, you go to like an action movie, you can hear the other movie in oh, there. Yeah, yeah. Like, which I'm like, whatever, I don't really care about it. And, and so I went with Christine and Maddie and Christine's sister. And uh, yeah, I I mean, I love Greta Gerwig. Francis Ha is one of my favorite movies. Oh my and God, I, know people I completely feel... forgot. I yeah. completely, like, I know, first of all, I didn't know until recently, obviously, when the Barbie hype started that Greta Gerwig was behind it. I just hadn't been paying attention. And obviously I thought of you immediately when I heard that. So I just didn't put together that obviously you'd be very excited to see Barbie. Yeah. I mean, it checks like, it weirdly checks so many boxes for me. Like there's so many like weird things of, but yeah, I mean, Lady Bird and, and I did a whole episode on let it out with my friend Ella, like about Francis Ha basically. But, um, and I know she can be like, I know Greta and Bombac can be like, polarizing figures but i i really does it for me and and brian gosling's like my number one crush and he was so good and margot robbie's just incredible and um did you did you dress up you know what i did and i i tried to not make it a big deal none of my friends did but i i have one pink thing i have one pink shirt and i wore it and I wore white pants and um, I'll, you know what, I'll, I'm going to send you a photo. Yeah. Yes. I took a photo of myself in the bathroom. I don't think I even posted it, but I when this did. Comes, when this comes out, you heard yes. here first people. That is the, that is going to be the photo that we shared to promote this episode. Yeah. I'm going to send it to you. And my favorite thing ever about, this is a real high. My favorite thing ever about Serena, like, I mean, I love so much about you, but one of my favorite things that you ever did that made me feel so happy and loved was when I interviewed Joshua Jackson and posted this like silly screenshot of us. You posted it on for our spiraling episode or just like randomly. And it made me feel because it's so much easier to just like repost something that like your friend posts about your thing than like having to post your own thing, you know, yes. and, and it just yes. like made me so you posted our text. Yeah, because I, I didn't even post it. I just texted it to you. And then I reposted that and it like made me so happy. So I'll send you the photo and you can post it. Yes. And then I can post it. Oh my God. I also forgot about the Joshua Jackson episode. People, Katie interviewed Joshua Jackson. So you should go listen to that episode of Let It Out because he is truly everything that you want him to be in <laughs> and everything that I anticipated after us having our moment at Moto Yoga all those years ago. Oh my God. So funny. I know I'm on, I'm still on these funny PR emails and everyone's in a while. Like I interviewed Moby last week. Did I tell you that? What? Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. You got a lot of highs right now. You are not <laughs> professionally stagnated. 
<laughs> well, Moby on your podcast. Also, I this is so terrible, but so, I really thought Moby died. <laughs> well, he's still with us. He's or, still with us. I don't know. Maybe there's a conspiracy him. theory or something. Like Avril Lavigne. Um, okay, that was episode two. The Messy Middle, if you want to hear the rest of it, uncut link to the spiraling feed is just just a few taps on your listening device away from you. And now you're about to hear part of another episode, episode five, which we called Take a Break. In this episode, we discuss rest, the benefits of taking breaks to improve our productivity, while also touching on the surprising difficulty of committing to rest. (laughs) Here's that clip. But first, I get to tell you about the narrative method. This episode is brought to us by the narrative method. So I recently met a punk rock singer turned psychotherapist who created a model and movement for human connection. The Narrative Method is a nonprofit run by my neighbor, actually, Micah. And it was founded by the punk rock singer turned psychotherapist. Her name is Sherry. She's going to be on the show too. But what the narrative method does is it uses creative expression to connect us more deeply to ourselves and to each other. It has so much in common with this operation, Let It Out and Spiraling. And you'll be hearing a lot more about the narrative method over these next couple weeks and its colorful founder, my new best friend, Sherry, upcoming guest of this show. I couldn't be more grateful that the sponsor of this week's episode is so incredibly aligned. Like I said, the narrative method is a nonprofit movement and model founded by award-winning psychotherapist Sherry. It's proven, it's science-based, and they've done over 1,500 workshops with over 30,000 participants, and they have a whopping 98% success rate. 98% of people after doing these online salons that you do on Zoom, where you'll write creative writing prompts and you'll talk to each other and you'll feel better after because 98% of them felt more empathetic and tolerant and after diving into the narrative method experience I have felt the same there's a salon happening all the time there's a schedule and you can decide when you want to go and you can sign up listen I'm going on Sunday to one if you're listening to this the day it comes out that's three days from today and sherry the founder is actually teaching that one there's another one on thursday that micah's actually teaching so my point is if you can't come to those days where i'm going to be there no problem go to another one because there are so many it's a totally free salon it's totally judgment free as well if you're craving connection and looking to get more creative in a space that feels like home and it feels like home because it is your home (laughs) it's just turning on zoom at your house or you know you could be anywhere look into the narrative method like i said no cost they've got writing ones they've got conversation ones it's your call head over to the narrative method.org that's t-h-e n-a-r-r-i-t-i-v-e method m-e-t-h-o-d dot o-r-g sign up and let the narrative method help you with your loneliness help with your creative blocks and help you get better at being 
yourself. It's really beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? My friend Micah wrote that. Visit thenarrativemethod.org. Start connecting in a whole new way. I can't wait to see you there. The one thing that, you know, my my therapist has been saying for years is that like the most productive, creative people are people who take regular breaks throughout the day just for, you know, taking, I forget what the actual, I think it's every two and a half hours, take a short break. And the short break can be anything from like going for a quick walk, you know, dancing to some music, reading a chapter of a book, whatever it may be. But I am really resistant to that. I'm curious if you are as well. Like I, if I'm working, I'm like, no, 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 like don't take a break now. You got to just keep going or taking a break every two and a half hours. Like that's going to add up to, I don't know, this huge chunk of time throughout the day. And I can't possibly do that. There's all these things that need to get done, but I would actually get those things done more quickly if I gave myself some scheduled breaks and, I don't know what the actual long-term tweak to my lifestyle is that needs to be made. I'm thinking maybe it's, remember we've talked about this endlessly, but (laughs) like there was a phase free taco where I was reading a little bit of, I was getting up earlier and reading a little bit of fiction every morning while I drank my coffee before I did my workout and started my day, et cetera. And it's kind of like that. It's like building in, even though that, I don't know if we, it is, that was a break, even though it was before the day started, that was a break for my brain, (laughs) a pre-break. And I think that as somebody, I feel kind of guilty when I take breaks. Like I felt an odd mix on vacation of, cause uh, a couple years ago I started going off social media when I go on vacation and, and that was a wonderful, beautiful thing. And I think that's part of why my creativity came back a bit while I was away. And I think maybe I have to take some of that into not vacation time. Like having maybe it's just one day a week or maybe it's more time limitations on things like social media or it is now I have tacos I have to get up earlier anyway but maybe I get up even earlier to do a little bit of reading or I take a true lunch break instead of like eating my lunch while I eat emails I'm just while I eat emails emails. I don't know I'm trying to figure out exactly what it looks like and also I think for a lot of people, meditation solves this problem. But as we all know, I do not meditate at the moment. Well, um, I don't know. I remain the, ever I don't hopeful. think it's the same thing. I don't think it's the same thing. But I think there's something. So I, I really want, whenever I come back from a break of any kind, even just like a particularly restful weekend, I feel really motivated, which I love to implement better habits that I think will keep this momentum going. And sometimes it works. Like I feel like last year I had a good solid stretch of six months where I felt like really inspired and not burnt out and amazing. And I don't know, I don't know really, I'm going to go to yoga tonight. I haven't been to an in-person yoga class in, I don't know how long. And I'm really excited about that because I've been wanting to get back into yoga. And then I was like, why are you not getting back into yoga? And as a tangential thing, and then I will stop talking because 
it's monopolist no, this no. introduction now um there there are a lot of things that i love and want to do and there are a lot of things that i don't necessarily want to do like needleless things that i procrastinate and i want like if I'm like, I want to go to more yoga classes, I just keep saying that to myself. Like, I want to go to more yoga classes, but I'm not actually doing anything about it. So I'm capitalizing on this momentum that I feel after this break where I feel like really motivated and inspired to actually set these things in motion because, you know, like the, an object in motion stays in motion. I just have to right. get started. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to one yoga class tonight and then I'm going to try and go once a week. I'm not going to go nuts and be like, I'm going to go three times a week because that's not sustainable. And I know that that won't work. I'm like, I'm going to try and go once a week to an in-person yoga class. And and maybe I won't keep it up. Hopefully I will. But sometimes it's just doing that first thing. And I was actually talking in therapy recently about how I've been really procrastinating a lot of stuff. And I think that contributed to my August funk as well. And it's everything from making a dentist appointment because I'm positive right now that I have a cavity to calling my mom uh, to signing up for a yoga class to finishing my book proposal, which I finally did and sent in. Whoa, um, oh my but, God. Uh, Congrats. Okay. We'll save yeah. that for the highs, but that's, so, yes. that's no but small that, thing. That, that was, that was, big too and i want to capitalize on that like small feeling of confidence i have not actually sold that book yet but the proposal is in um so that's still huge yeah i think but i think that something that we haven't talked about in depth in our many 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 conversations over the years is the um, we've sort of talked about things that constitute breaks in terms of how they're part of our management toolkit, like technically putting your legs up the wall is taking a break or like exercising or, you know, your, that's, your morning walks. Yeah. I think, walk, that's yeah, I I think, think that's it different. feels different than taking like planned breaks, whether it's bit, whether it's, you know, planned 10 minute breaks throughout the day or taking a you know, a vacation if possible or working. Maybe I th- I do think for a lot of people, if you, we spend so much time on screens. So maybe it's not, maybe it, I don't think everybody has an issue with social media like I do, but maybe there's just like apps you use a lot on your phone. I just think like t- being more mindful of screen time too and how it affects our dopamine yeah. levels and our yeah. just overall well-being. <laughs> might be really helpful just a a regular gut check on the screen front yeah well okay I have a lot of I have a lot of thoughts on on all this um are you is there anything else no no sorry that was a psychotically long no that was good that was good (laughs) gave me a lot I literally took notes I have a lot to work with um well you know the first thing I want to say is that like I think for I'll speak for myself it's very challenging to do. You have like the things that you want to do and then you have the things that you need to do and you want to do those. Sometimes there's a Venn diagram where like, I both want to do the things that I need to do, but they're not like fun necessarily. Mm -hmm. And I, and then there's the things you want to do. And sometimes they are as dire as like 
need to do. Like maybe yoga is really actually like a need to do. Like we, you know, it's kind of hard to discern, but it's very hard for me to do the like want to do like the, or same with like reading a little bit each morning or whatever. It's hard for me to do that if I have like 8 billion work things piling up and I have Mm -hmm. to call this person and do this and I have something in a little bit. It's hard for me to sit down and do the thing I want to do when there's a million things that I need to do that I'm also not doing, but I just stay in this buffering zone in between where I, you know, and then I the cue the drinking game because I quote this movie all the time. <laughs> but in the um, in one of the before movies, I think it's before the second one, before sunset or before yes. sunrise or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, when yeah, before sunset, she says. There's so much I want to be doing. I end up doing not much. And that feeling is so uncomfortable. You know, it's this feeling of like having so many ideas, but not enough time. And I really struggle with like, I don't have children. I don't have a dog. I have a lot of friends and community where I live, which it's becoming very, very clear to me right now, like how much of a uh, impact that has on me, even having familiar strangers, because as Serena mentioned, we are in the same time zone because I am doing an apartment swap right now where I'm in Montreal, where I don't know a soul and I don't speak French, which is obviously fine. Like everyone here speaks English, but I, you know, and I've been, I've been in places where they, they less people speak English than Canada, you know, but, um, and everyone does much better than I can speak French or Spanish or any other language on the earth, which is so embarrassing and so American, but I just don't want to, it's just embarrassing a little bit to be like, I have to speak English. So I'm just talking a lot less. Like I'm not, I'm not eavesdropping on strangers conversations. Not that I do that often, Ah. just being somewhere where you don't speak the language and you don't, yeah, it just, it feels, it's very, very different. I've only been here a couple of days, so I'm still finding my footing. And but all of that to say, it's just like, I'm seeing how important, how important community is and how important having people around you is, especially if you're traveling alone. And um, I think people can be very good markers to kind of force you to keep some of these boundaries. And the, and the, the main thing, you know, that you're saying is like, this is not, we're not messing around <laughs> with talking about rest, with talking about like doing things you want to do, with talking about giving yourself these parameters, because there's this thing that like, when you don't have a boss or you're a freelancer or, and you, so being a freelancer is basically you just have many bosses, you know? And mm-hmm. it, even if you have a, it, actually, if you have a more structured job, on the day-to-day basis, this is probably less of a issue because it is like, it's, it's definitely less of an issue. Like if you have to be somewhere and work from nine to five, Monday through Friday, you're pretty likely to take breaks in the, or do a few things that you want to do on the weekends or in the evenings or in the mornings, because you have that like time where I have historically been really, really messy about my time and about my boundaries where I'm feeling like I'm always working and never working. And I'm just kind of, Mm -hmm. just kind of in that middle buffer place that I described before about like not doing any of the things that I'm not having fun, but I'm also not working. I'm just in this middle place. And, you know, I, 
I haven't gone on a vacation. Like I didn't, we never took vacations when I was a kid. Like every once in a while we'd take a trip somewhere, but I find the distinction like very different. And when when I'm, when I've been a grown up, I've traveled a lot. Like I've gone to a lot of places, but I've always been putting up a podcast and editing and, you know, like I've always been working, but I'm also kind of like, I'm really lucky and privileged that I'm, my job I can do from anywhere and I can yeah. kind of, you know, start whenever. And as long as it gets done, it doesn't matter when I do it, which is a both a huge blessing and huge privilege. But there are some downsides, which I'm only realizing now after many, many years of not managing it well. And if you have people around you, you can co-regulate with their cycles. You can co-regulate like maybe they work full time or maybe they have some sort of boundary or maybe they just like want to eat at a certain time. But like, I don't have any of that. So, you know, back at home, I do have friends, but like, again, and I think LA is just a place where it kind of feels like when is anyone ever working? Cause it feels like everyone's hanging out all day and during the day and like (laughs) things close early. It's just such a strange place in that sense. Um, and also, you know, since I've been there, it has been pandemic or post pandemic. So I think that did, there was a time where like not a lot of people were doing much, you know, and there are, and it's just a big population of that, whether there are actors who are waiting, you know, right now, like an entire huge industry where I live, like is, is kind of in a waiting period, you know? Yeah. But even when they're, even when it's not a strike, like there's, a lot of that is like being in between shows or being in between jobs. Like a lot of people are in between stuff. A lot of people have the similar lifestyle as I do. So my reason of bringing that up is that like, it's not a other people can't even friends can't really be my mechanism to create some structure. And I've just been really bad at it, like extremely bad at it. And it's, it was funny when Serena was bringing this up about like telling me about her downtime on when she was, on vacation about like getting ideas for the first time and all of that. Like this has been something that I've been really thinking about a lot and, and honestly struggling with because this relates to the thing you said about stopping. So there's this incredible book that I have not read, but it's called 4,000 weeks. Have you heard of it or read it? No, I have not. Um, Okay. There's a lot in it that I know about because I've listened to the author on a bunch of podcasts, but I have not read it, but I'm, I'm planning on it. But I do kind of think, even though I I will read it, it, um, I I think it is one of those books that you can kind of get the gist from reading about it or, you know, listening to it on podcasts. It's about time and purpose and, um, you know, he, one of the, the, some things I wrote down from the book, I'll just share briefly, but like, to make the most of out of your time, you have to be willing to waste time basically. And to be Mm -hmm. present in meaningful moments, you can't like think about being present. You know what I mean? And achieving more tasks doesn't lead to a sense of meaning. Like you'll get like a quick hit of dopamine, but that, and that might be good because it might, like you said, objects in motion stay in motion. It might lead to some momentum and that is good, but fulfillment um, is not going to come from that, you know? And often like there's this one part where he talks about how 
in moments of crisis where you know exactly where you need to be, you're like, okay, I am 100% where I'm meant to be because I have, I dropped everything to help my family member right now. And I wouldn't trade this for anything in the world. Like there's some yes. satisfaction there because you n- know where you're meant to be. Where like, I think my entire existence is always like, it's an issue of prioritization to some extent, but it's like, what should I be doing when? And is this more important than that? And I don't know. And does it really matter? And I'm not sure. What should I do? And it's that in-between is really, really tough. And then, you know, this this kind of came up in a conversation I was having with, with my friend Zoe, who I talked about this in the last podcast episode. She was moving and she has moved. She's in London now. And before she was going away or leaving forever, <laughs> um, we were spending a lot of time together and, and she had an, the entire month of August off because she had quit her job and like gave herself a month to like get ready for grad school and move all of her belongings to, you know, across the world. And um, during that time, she wanted to do a lot of like LA bucket list things. Like we went to Santa Barbara to this garden and we, um, went to the Ames house and did a bunch of architectural tours and just like went to the restaurants we wanted to, or she wanted to. And, you know, I was still working though. <laughs> like I still had to like, and, and honestly it was my first month at this new job. Um, but I also kind of knew that I would be coming here to a place where I have literally no friends. And I kind of was like, all right, that's fine. I'll just do all my work when I get to Montreal. I'll just get so, so behind. I'll just say yes to everything. (laughs) I'll do the bare minimum for all of August and I'll like fix it in post, you know? And so I didn't like fully do that though. Cause it was, I couldn't, you know, like life was still happening. I still had emails coming. Like I had to show up and do stuff. Um, And but I I will say like the very last weekend prior to me getting here, like I I got here, um, I had yeah like that that Friday through Tuesday I had a plan. I, I work every Friday night at the shop, and then um, but that you know is social to an extent. And then Saturday, that Saturday, I had a movie and dinner plan with Captain. I had a breakfast plan earlier that day. I had like a, I forget what it was, something like midday. And then Sunday, like same thing. I had a, yeah, coffee meeting. Oh, I, I, oh yeah. I I went to the garden with, I stayed up until like 2 a.m., out doing things met him at the garden for a um at the huntington garden at 8 a.m for a garden walk went to coffee went to another lunch thing went to a this place called vidiot's open near us and so we keep going to all these old movies but went to another movie went to dinner the next day had another like i just said yes to anybody who wanted to hang out with me instead of like doing my vacillating like oh should i but i have to work and only if we can do it at eight because i have to like I just made all the choices. Yes. Which I never do, you know, like, and it made it so easy because I was just kind of like binge, binge, go for it. And then you can restrict when you get to the other place and you're going to miss 
human connection. And so I had a weekend, like I had a really fun time. And I, people were like, I got asked on a date. I got like random, like, and I was like, oh my God, I have this like magnetism to me because I'm leaving. Like I have this sort of, I could just feel it. Like, I, and I do think it's like a true thing, but the, the point of all of that is like, I took a proper weekend, which I have not done. Yes in so long because this is like a personal problem, but basically my internet at my apartment like does not work well at all. And I've done everything, you know, before people tell me to call AT&T or get a new box or I've done it all. <laughs> Trust me. I've really done it all. The solution that I keep getting from AT&T is to move. Um, uh. So it's just not You're like, well, now I have temporarily. <laughs> yeah. And yes, I've gone to Verizon to see if I can use my hotspot permanently. I've tried that also is not a, like, just trust me. I've done the due diligence, but all of that to say, I have access to this really great office. Um, shout out to Matters of Space. If anyone needs um, interior design in Los Angeles or worldwide, um, my the people who own the shop that I work at next door have a design studio and I have a key. My friend PJ gave me a key and I can work from that office. But obviously they're there Monday through Friday. And it's challenging, especially since I often record things and just I don't do well with like um, a bunch of. Yeah, I just it was too distracting to go during the week, which honestly, like, I don't know, maybe I will try again, but um, I would go on the weekends. I'd be like I would kind of save up my work and be and like almost pro not procrastinate on purpose, but like I was just kind of like, well, the weekends are when I'll work. However, turns out weekends are when most people want to hang. <laughs> and so yeah. I was just like half working, half not working, like, and also not resting, like half working, half not working is one thing, but also like half resting and resting. Like that's another thing. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really work well. And so anyway, in these, like, you know, all that time I was spending with Zoe, that was, you know, her resting. We had some of these conversations where you know, we would just kind of talk about everything because we had some long drives and, and it was this sense of like completion because she was moving and a lot of so much change in her life happening. And um, and she was like, I think you really need weekends. She's very good at giving me advice. Yeah. And she was like, you really got to take some weekends. She's like, it can't you. It doesn't have to be Saturday and Sunday, but you got to figure out a time ladder like two days in a row that you don't work because it's like not you're not doing well and i had been thinking about that anyway because of the like in between buffering thing and my friend sasha had left me a voice text and and sasha we've talked about here before but she's she's in new york but she does she officiates weddings and she does um ceramics and she does a, a million things she's a brilliant right you know she's just one of those people who does so many things and she had left me a voice text and she was like so i'm giving myself she's just catching up with me and she's like so i'm giving myself a half day on thursday i'm gonna not work in the afternoon and i'm going to i think she was going to a museum yeah she was going to the whitney and i you know i left that message being like oh my god i love the way she articulated that like i'm giving myself a half day like i was like i never do that but also like don't feel too bad for me because I don't work all day every day either. I just, but I haven't made the distinction in my mind where like, I'm not, you know, going to the museum necessarily. I might just be like 
not working, which is not also resting. I'm just in this, this limbo in between where I think if I made the distinctions of like, I'm, and if I just plan, maybe instead of planning the times I'm working, if I plan the times I'm resting or if I plan the times I'm having fun, then I'll make sure I get my shit done. It's the schedule. I, I, not to interrupt you there, but I think what you just said is so important and is what I was trying to articulate is the importance of planning rest of building it. That's what my therapist was saying. He was like, you love like lists and I'm trying to move away from making productivity such a central part of my life. Like I think so many of us are because we have been trained societally to measure our worth by how productive we are. And it's very sad, but it's the truth. And I think that scheduling like if it makes you feel better which it sometimes does in my case to put that break 10 15 20 minutes half an hour whatever it is into the schedule you're more likely to respect it do you know what i mean like there's something tangible about it and everybody is deserving of rest everybody but it is so shocking when you talk to, read about, listen to people who are super productive. There, I will find it for the show notes. There was an episode of Liz Moody's podcast where she had a productivity specialist on. And he was basically talking about the fact that there has been sort of those viral schedules of super successful people and a lot of them you know get up at 4 30 and meditate and journal and go to the gym and do all of these things and then they're in the office at 6 45 and they're doing it's like this is what successful people look like and he was like that is just a small subset of super successful people there are a ton of people who are just more productive in the afternoon. Like that is a normal thing. Maybe somebody listening is part of that camp. I'm somebody who's more productive in the morning. That's just who I am. But a lot of people are more productive in the afternoon or late in the evening. And he was, and this particular expert who has written several successful books and like is an expert in this field, he was like, I don't start my day until 11 a.m. Like he was like, I get up, I sleep in, I'm pretty leisurely. I he I think he does do some journaling. I feel like everybody journals except for me. But you know, there he he had essentially what we've discussed a lot, which Katie, you are also a fan of. Like he basically had a slow, he was a proponent for slow mornings, and he was like, I work a bit later than a lot of people, but I do my best work in the afternoon. And he was like, So why would I try to do something, aka get up super early in the morning and do all of these things? when my brain does not respond well to that, he was like, I am fighting my own nature. So I've settled into my own rhythm that works really well. And I think that requires a bit of self-reflection, but, you know, making like allowing that slow morning. And I think my version of that for a bit was allowing myself to read in bed with my coffee. And that felt so good. And I think to be able to, whether it's scheduling rest or I think some people feel they are not deserving of rest. I put myself in that category often. I'm, I think there's a much, there's more to untangle there, but there's always yeah. been this part of me that feels like, I think probably 
privately because I come from a lot of privilege is like, if I, if I'm not working harder than anybody else, then I don't deserve any of the things that I have. Mm. And that is also a source of a lot of anxiety for me. So I feel a lot of guilt when I rest and like, if something that comes to me is not incredibly, if I didn't work really hard for it, then I feel like I don't deserve it. And Mm. there is such a difference between like you can work hard and also rest. And often the people who are resting well and effectively are, are working just as hard. Like if you read somebody's beautiful novel and they wrote, there's two beautiful novels and one person took three years of, working you know 17 hour days on their novel and somebody else wrote a really beautiful novel working on it you know six hours a day for six months is the person who completed it more quickly less worthy of success than the person who spent more time no like they both worked really hard it just looked different you know what I mean and I think there's that that was not a (laughs) perfect was not a perfect example of what I'm trying to say But often, you know, we've discussed so many times that work expands to fit the time allotted. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes I think personally, my my brain likes it if I procrastinate a lot and get all twisted up and then I get down to the wire and I just have to go into a hole and focus intently to get things done by the deadline. And I... I could either spend two weeks working on something or 48 hours working on something and get the same thing done. Yeah. And I often, honestly, I often ask some of my friends who have multiple children, I'm like, how are you like doing all these things? And there are lots of explanations and various forms of help and whatever, but they're like, I just work so much more efficiently now Yeah. because I'm like, you only have this much time. No, like you can't be lollygagging. Like this is the only time let's get this shit done yeah and I don't know I mean I just what's really this is sort of tangential to I wanted to go back to what you mentioned earlier about the fact that in order sometimes for ideas to actually come you have to sort of do what feels like nothing even though it's not just like allowing yourself to think and ideate and be creative and for a long time, when my primary goal was to get a TV show, I used to, I spent like three years going on a lot of informational meetings with producers. And basically my job was to pitch different show ideas. And I never really had, it's unsurprising to me that nothing happened because I didn't have any particularly strong ideas. And Logan once, not in like a mean way, but he he was like, have you ever just, sat down and tried to come up with show ideas seriously and I was like well yeah I mean and he was like I don't I don't think you have like I imagine it would take like weeks to like sit and just come up with show ideas no he's (laughs) absolutely right but I was like I can't possibly just sit around for weeks coming up with tv show ideas for a show I might never have but the flip of that is I'll never get a tv show unless I come up with a good enough idea I'm like yeah those don't just like happen in like, you know, the 20 minutes before a meeting. And it's the right. same. It's, it's just an interesting, well, like if you want to come up with really good ideas, you have to just 
allow yourself the brain space to just what what did my therapist call it it's called I don't want to say it's I'm now the word productive stuck in my head but it's like it's something along the lines of productive daydreaming Mm, like he's like essentially the breaks are meant for you to be daydreaming in that that's where a lot of actually first of all it's restorative for your brain but that's also where a lot of ideas come from yeah yeah oh I was just gonna I was just going to say my last therapist that I had most recently prescribed to me scheduling in like time to dream once a, I think it was meant to be Monday mornings and I was like on my calendar and I had to do it. Um, but like the thing, some of the, the tricky side, I, I agree, the good, good exercise, good thing to do. Totally. I think what's challenging and I think you, you probably relate to me in this way too it's like our brains are smart and kind of mean and sometimes and so they're like mean. okay well yeah but that's not real so like you don't know yeah do exactly that. and this email just came yes. through and you don't want to do that right now so like just do the email and and then it's like <laughs> fuck you brain like yeah you're right but like this is a thing you know and so it's the, the 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 thing i'll just go back to like what i was saying before about this this episode and like where i was where i was talking about before with the weekend thing and and rest it's like like to to your point about stopping like i think the non-productive mornings like i do that sort of by default like lately something's been happening with me where i just have i've been really slow in the mornings and i don't know like it it was interesting what you were saying about like deserving rest right cuz and and i thought that was really cool that you shared that about like you know believing that you deserve the privileges that you have. Like, I think I feel similarly with, um, with like the end part of that, of like deserving rest. But I think my, this is kind of a thought experiment I'm doing live right now. Of Like, does that feel true for me? And I'm like trying to think, and it's like, I think it does, but it's like a little bit different. Like, I think I saw my mom be one of those moms that you were talking about that was just kind of like, all right, I have literally no time. I don't know what art is. I don't know what rest is. I just know what Mm -hmm. like I decompress a little bit at the end of the day by like watching TV and eating some snacks. But like, other than that, (laughs) like I just, my kid gets perfect attendance. I do everything I can to be right and to be good. And I just like, I cry talking about it, but like I just pocket everything down and we just go. And so I kind of have that mentality very, very strong within me that I've, but that's not my life. Like that hasn't been my life. And I don't have it. I don't have any of those like time will expand to, to the task, get the task done or whatever you said of like, because again, like with the brain outriding the the thing it's like i tend to procrastinate a lot because i don't have any markers for myself of stopping so like yeah i know that like yeah i should do that now because then i'll have all that free time later but i i'm almost like you know some weird twisted way i'm always like afraid of the the free time so it's like like for instance i had an interview early and it was at 9 a.m but that's like, cause I'm still on LA time. That's like 6am for my body. So like I, and I don't do well with that in Los Angeles, you know? So I was, I had to prepare the day before, obviously, but I had all day to prepare. So I 
and I had weeks, you know, <laughs> but instead I did it like right up in, until the end. Um, and it's just like, I end up working late and I end up doing these things that are like on my own doing because I don't get things done early because I never, ever have to, which is fine, but it does become a little bit tricky because then you're just kind of in this kind of, and if you just get them done earlier, you can actually feel like, I, I don't feel like I deserve to rest, like where my deservingness comes in. This is what I was trying to say. It's not so much like I have to earn it, but it's like, I have to, I really, and maybe everyone does this is not, I'm not saying I'm, I'm special. It's just the piece of like having, feeling like you have homework hanging over your head. It's very hard for me to then rest when I know I have something I have to do, even though I won't just do that thing. I'll like do other things. You know what I mean? So it's just, I mean, I guess I'm just describing procrastination, but like just quickly, if before we do highs, like a few more things from this podcast episode that relate to this and like the importance of weekends, like with what Zoe said about, um, you know, I, I can have, I can choose whatever days I want them to be, but it needs to be two days in a row. That was good. But then I, it doesn't really work. And same with this, like, yeah, I can do my work at any time, but then if I, you know, kind of fuck around all morning and then I work until nine o'clock, it's like, well, then I missed the opportunity to, you know, a friend, a friend had texted me a couple of weeks ago to be like, Oh, do you want to go get happy hour at cafe birdie? And I said, no. And I really felt bad about it because I had to work, you know? And then our, our favorite restaurant, this restaurant, it closed and not favorite restaurant, even it just was like the only restaurant in our neighborhood. And I felt so much regret for that. I was like, God damn it. Like, why didn't I, I never, I, you know, it wasn't like something I could just do later. And so anyway, the Soviet union had this attempt to synchronize time with a five day work system. And so they, they were trying to like desynchronize everybody's time where like some people would work at this time, some people work at this time. And it had all these negative consequences on quality of life because modern societies have unintentionally created similar, you know, desynchronized time, like people being freelancers. Like happy hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Through, you know, having irrecognizable irregular work schedules and remote inflexibility, which is good, but then it makes it so like you're, it's hard to align. And like the thing that really stuck out for me more than anything else from this episode was that like the most, the peak experiences that we remember in our lives that are most fun are always with other people. You might like feel really good on your own and like have a nice time getting an idea or getting into a workflow, but like the most fun is always going to be with with other people. And so anyway, it's like there is something there about like there's so much transference that comes with with being with other people. And I think that is something that like I'm really struggling with right now, to be honest. And I'm here by myself. I don't know anyone. And it's like I did this of like, yeah, I can be like my own right at residency and I can get stuff done, which is cool. But also like I, I don't know if it's, if it's healthy, you know, and I think the, the nature of the stopping thing, the last thing I wanted to touch on, like what you were saying about, you know, I think I, I rest or so to speak, or I take so long in the mornings is because it takes me a really long to get going. But once I get going, I'm like off to the races and I try to get as much done as I can while I'm there, because I know it's going to be so hard for me to get going again. 
But in this episode, he spoke about how important it is to stop before you're burnt out, like leave some juice done on the like, leave it there because yes, it can actually increase your motivation to want to continue, like to want to go back to it the next day and ride Mm -hmm. the motivation that you didn't get to. Okay. I didn't get to finish that yesterday. I'm going to jump right into that today. So leave some to jump into instead of getting to a really good stopping point. And then the next day you're like, I don't even know where to be, you know? So I haven't implemented that yet, but I want to. I, I think those are all things that we should talk more about because what's the last point about just diving back in because stopping before you hit that point, it's really hard or it's, that is really hard to do, I think. But the loneliness aspect, especially from an anxiety standpoint, I relate to so much. And I, I don't, I know we've been, we're, we're trying to keep it tight today. So I think it's a larger discussion, but I really relate to that because like when I went to Paris and I literally to go to culinary school, I literally did not know a single person. And Obviously, I did eventually make friends, but the first few months there were really, really difficult on so many levels. And I think because like we are both very social people, I felt really isolated. My anxiety was much higher. Also, granted, I was newer to anxiety at that point, but it was a huge, huge challenge. And so I think there's a lot to be said. Like, I'm really proud of you for doing this, but I also think that that is a very common feeling to feel to be incredibly destabilized by lack of community. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that was my, yeah, that was my, um, that was my thought. I don't know how I'm going to do with it, but we'll, we'll see time. time, Find out next week here on Spiral. (laughs) We'll leave, talk about that. We'll leave before we'll do what we said. We're stopping. Um, All right. Let's do the quickest highs ever. The quickest highs Um, of all time. You go first. All right. Thank you so much for listening. If you have never listened to Spiraling before, dive on in. There's five seasons. If you listen to this and you're like, oh, all right, well, I made it this far. I'm all set. Then great. No problem. Thank you so much for, for being here. Honestly, I was editing an interview that I shared something in that I'm not sure if I want to have on the podcast yet, which I never... You never hear me say that. I tell you everything. I just open up the car hood and show you everything gotten there. Let it out. But you know, I'm not sure I'm ready to share this one particular thing yet. I will for sure at some point. We'll see. That'll either be in next week's episode or I'll have done some surgery to surgically remove it from next week's episode. And you can wonder about what it is. And then maybe I'll play the clip at another time. But that's just a little secret Easter egg that I'm telling you only if you've made it this far. I'll see how many people actually wonder and let me know that they're wondering. Perhaps on Instagram or a comment on my Substack. Who knows? Those places are places you can connect with me. I'm just so grateful that you clicked on this podcast when there's so many podcasts to click on. And speaking up, I'm going to tell you about another. Not this one, not Let It Out, but Spiraling. It's in season. We're releasing a new episode every other Tuesday through the end of the year on into next year, 2024. We've already released five episodes so far. The first one of this season, we did what we always do, which is a reintroduction episode. It's a Q&A between Serena and I where we basically play this game where we pick a bunch of questions and 
episode two, you heard a little bit of episode three, we called move on as quickly as possible. And we discuss the anxiety aftermath of a work mistake. We get into the complicated feelings surrounding disappointing oneself and coworkers, the propensity to over-apologize and the tools to move forward quickly and prevent similar errors in the future. I'm reading these verbatim, although I did write them. I was the one that made the work mistake. It wasn't Serena. So if you want to tune in to hear that spiral, feel free. I didn't want to listen to it. And I couldn't listen back to that one to even consider including it in this week's episode, but it's there if you want to listen. Then we move on to episode four, which is called No Regrets. Psych. (laughs) In that episode, we talk about our biggest anxiety trigger, one of, but I'd say for me, it's my biggest, which is regret. We get into the overlapping angst of regret and guilt. And then episode five, you heard a little bit about, and then preview episode six has not been released yet, but I'll tell you what it's about. It's about aging and bodies and our bodies changing and standards of beauty and vanity. That is coming right up and it's cooking. It's in the kitchen. It's a meal that is being prepared for you and will be delivered next week. And then after that, we have four more episodes of this season. And then we always end with a Q&A episode where you send us questions from the season or just in general, and we talk to you. We answer those questions. So if you do want to submit one, feel free. Send a question to Serena or I or both of us to our spiraling email, which is spiralingcommunity at gmail.com. Again, so grateful that you're here. I can't believe it. it. It's always not lost on me. And if you like this sort of loose style, I had this idea of doing a weekly walk and talk it would have to be behind the safety of a paywall of some sort because it would be loose and honest and and not because it would be a money making thing i would make it like a very affordable but just people who were like invested enough to not be mean (laughs) yeah it would just be me chatting with you sort of like this and maybe i would pull in some friends in like a man on the street interview style or maybe it would just be me giving some of my meanderings and I would actually be walking. Is that silly? Maybe it's silly. But one of my favorite podcasts is called Eating Alone in My Car. And Melissa Broder is one of my favorite writers, eats a snack alone in her car, just talks into her phone. I love it. Maybe that's not for you. Maybe that's not for everyone. But we could do it if you wanted to. If you enjoy this level of looseness and you would be into that and you would and you could join and you could get a monthly walk and talk that you could listen to while you were walking if you wanted. It might be a terrible idea. I'm not sure. Let me know if it is or if it's not in a comment on my last Instagram feed post. My Instagram is at Katie Delbout. That's my full name. And please comment the walking person and the mouth, the lips, if you would like to see that. And if you do not want to see that, maybe just don't say anything at all. And then I'll know. I'll know that no one commented the other thing and I'll be, I'll be like, okay, I'm all set. All right. I will talk to you next week with a fresh episode. This podcast is edited by the incredible Brianna Bain.